Well, good morning, saints. I'd like to wish each of you a happy new year. So we've turned the corner into a new year and are probably the most conscious of time as we will ever be throughout the year. Has anyone dated a check or a signed anything 23 yet this week? I have already done that. So let's talk a little bit about time. Time is what we'll be speaking to this morning. A few random thoughts. The Babylonians and the Egyptians, historians tell us, were the first to use calendars to coordinate events, shipments, and such. In Thailand, their clocks are six-hour clocks versus 12 hours here. Historians tell us that the Egyptians are the ones to first formally use a 24-hour day. Einstein's theory of general relativity for you scientists. One of the applications of that is that time slows down when gravity is the strongest. As this non-scientist was kind of looking around at these things this week, a question that often comes up is, well, what happens in the center of a black hole? Is time even relevant? Does it exist in eternity? In 1893, a hymn was penned. The first line is this. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. Which is it? What's the name of it? When the roll is called up yonder. On Thursday, Christine and I attended the funeral for her godmother. Her godmother and her mom met in the second grade. They were friends for 72 years. That's a long time. How do you sum up your memories? How do you express the memories that you've had over 72 years? Now, God's word has much to say about time. And in particular, our stewardship of it. Speaking of time, a former DBCer posted this picture of her baptism last week on New Year's Eve. I'd like you like to, for you to hear what she has to say. This is our baptism pool right across, right, right next door. 23 years ago, she said, on, on New Year's Eve, I surrendered my life to Jesus. God had plans for my life that included things that 21-year-old me would have never imagined. He led me from hopelessness to hope. He has walked with me through the hardest parts of my life and given me comfort when I was broken. He's answered prayers for my family that were impossible at the time, but for him alone. But not just that, he has given me joy. He has been the center and the backbone of my life story. Before I knew him, I can look back at my life and see his protection over me. This is the time for resolutions and new beginnings. 
Let me tell you, there is no better beginning. Nothing will change your heart more. Jesus is more than a baby in a manger. He's not just a nice teacher who died thousands of years ago. He is truly God. If you haven't been to church in a while or ever, if you have questions about God, if you want to know more of my story, if you need someone to pray for you or with you, please let me know. Today can be your new day too. That was 23 years ago. Anybody recognize her? Who is this? Liz. That's right. And she, I let her know that I will be sharing this this morning and she as well sends her love and greetings. She's down in Florida a long, for, for a long time. So this being the first Sunday of the new year, I wanted to share for us uh, three truths for us to remember regarding time. It's a new year. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Following his regular pattern, Paul gives a few chapters of theology, very rich theology. And then he continues in his letter with practical application of said theology. Listen to what he has to say in chapter 5, verse 16. He says, make the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, in light of that, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So keep this in mind. Lots of people will engage you over your life in regards to time management. Your employer, your teacher maybe, professor, your parents, your spouse. Lots of people for different reasons will engage you regarding how you spend your time, how you prioritize your time, how you plan ahead, all of those things. But time management for the Christian is a very, very crucial matter. All of the practical reasons that we learn about time management apply to us. But for the Christian, managing our time, being mindful of time, not wasting time, not pursuing foolish things, is of utmost importance. This is the why behind Christian time management. The apostle says, the days are evil. What does that have to do with time management? The condition of the world is a reminder of where we are heading. Seeing Liz's testimony last week, 
What a great reminder. Now she's a mom of three. Looking back 23 years, I could never believe what God would do in my life. And by the way, this is obviously a long time ago. But her comment was, the amount of time that D.B. Sears invested in her life is something to this day she is so thankful for. For people who took a confused, I think her word was dejected person, facing a lot of challenges, starting her adult life, the love and the care as people came alongside her, discipled her, helped her, is something that she uses in her own life with other people as well. We look around and we can see that the times are evil. I don't have to tell you that society doesn't exactly subscribe to biblical principles. When a Christian, when we are wise in how we spend our time, when we are intentional with what we invest ourselves in, in my opinion, it magnifies our Savior. It is a wonderful way to serve him because he has redeemed us. And notice what this is connected to. The difference between being foolish and knowing and living in God's will. He says, therefore, in light of what I just told you, to redeem the time, as the King James says, to make the most of the time that you have, you can be sure that this is a part of God's will for your life. God's will for every single one of us is that we be intentional in serving him, in managing our time, specifically devoting ourselves to serving him, to knowing him in the time that we have. Let's look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Now, few passages in the Bible speak as directly and plainly to time as this one. James chapter 4. Remember James's testimony. James is the brother of our Lord, his half-brother. James rejected Christ during Jesus' ministry. In fact, it says of Jesus' siblings that they just wanted, this is my paraphrase, to shut him up. Because they and others thought he was crazy with what he was saying. But God. Paul makes it a point in his great treatise on the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. To say that Jesus presented himself alive after his resurrection to many, many people. At one time to a crowd of 500 people. 
Then he says, and to James, his brother. Imagine that day. After years of scorning his brother. After years of just wishing he would go away. Jesus approaching his brother with a hole in his hand. It's good to see you, James. This is the power of the gospel. James says this in verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Y'all are just caught up in your business dealings, you're living your life, you're making plans. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We could summarize this passage as a simple equation. Time plus your life is just a mist. The image that he's drawing on is when you wake up early in the morning and you see this mist outside, maybe rainy day the day before or something, just fog. It's very beautiful, especially if you're in the mountains. But as the day progresses, as the morning progresses, the sun is more and more visible and the mist just dissipates. Now, this is a universal truth. No one argues this truth. That our lives are short. You tell this to an atheist and she will agree with you. Tell this with another, to another religious person, they'll agree with you. Why? Well, because it's objectively true. Your life in relation to the big picture. It might look pretty for a moment. But it's gone before you know it. I love this imagery. Because most often. When you see mist. There's not this dramatic disappearance. Like it's here and then it's gone. Maybe if you stay long enough, you can actually watch it disappear. But usually you're just kind of going about your business. You're like, oh, I don't see that anymore. I love this image because it helps me remember that my life is short. That I should focus on what is important. Which is not in this life. It's the, what we call the eternal perspective. How effortlessly the sun just cuts through the mist. The mist. We can often think of ourselves as, you know, no one can beat me. I'll be around. Nah, not really. Just like everybody else. 
It reminds us as well that tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. Some of us have lived or will live a long life. I shared that just last month, a month ago, my dad turned 90. That's a long life. But we are not guaranteed of that. You might say, well, I'm young, I'm healthy, but still. Just two weeks ago, I got the news that Big Don, who helped us build this building, died in a motorcycle accident. If you know him, you know he loves his motorcycle rides. He loved them. He's traveled all over the coast of Africa. But one day he left and he didn't come home. To watch his memorial service, his wife Rose was so concerned because it was the holidays. She's like, I don't think anybody's going to, I mean, who, who's going to be here? And it was indeed a small gathering. To hear this South African pastor that I've never heard of before stand up with confidence and speak to the gospel and speak to the passing nature of life, to speak to the gospel promises of God in the most loving way, he confronted those who were there with their own mortality and pointed to Christ. As the only Savior. Big picture. Remember that your life is short. Your life is passing. Now a word about planning. Obviously, it is good stewardship of our time to plan ahead. But the mindset is... You hold everything loosely. You want to be wise for the time that you have. You want to make short-term plans, of course. Long-term plans, yes. But never get carried away in the busyness of life or all the drama that you're in the middle of at the moment that you will forget that your life has a shelf life. There's an old saying, you might have heard it. Only one life will soon be passed. Only that which is done for Christ will last. That was C.T. Studd. He was a famous cricketer in England. I would compare him modern days to maybe Michael Jordan. That was a sport then, and he was the man. Made lots of money, famous. And then God saved him. And he looked at his fame in the middle of his career. He looked at his fame. He looked at the sport that he loved. And he said, what is this? If I get, I don't know what they give, like another championship ring or another trophy. And then what? So he and his wife 
became more and more burdened about the condition in Africa. They saw a great need for the gospel to thrive. It was through them that my grandparents were called to the mission field. This was in the 1920s. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. All of this can be summarized by the verse that we read earlier. Psalm 90. So, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So let's put up a different time equation. Wisdom plus time equals, and I want you to fill in the blank. When we view our time, the time that we have, the opportunities that we have, when wisdom enters the picture, it changes everything. Saints, when we apply wisdom, we use time for God's glory. But notice what he says. Notice what the psalmist says. He says, teach us to gain a heart of wisdom. That tells us a few things right off the bat. Number one. We don't naturally go in that direction. And he's making his appeal directly to the Lord. Teach us. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to put our days into perspective. The context of this psalm is all the difficulties that we face in life. We can get so discouraged when life is so difficult. He says, teach us to number our days. When we become self-confident and in our minds, in our hearts, we forget God. Life is going well. Opportunities before me. We may not say it, but our disposition can be, well, I don't need him. I got this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You always want to watch in God's word when he uses the word heart. You see, when we talk about our heart, biblically speaking, and it's very same in our culture too, we're saying this is more than merely a mental assent. It's more than just believing some facts. But it's taking that information, that truth, and internalizing them, owning them. Submitting ourselves to them 
and ordering our steps in a certain direction. Remember that great gospel verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's your whole being. You're trusting in him. Your confidence is in him. So saints, we need to learn to number our days. We can get so busy. We just get caught up in all this before us. Remember the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So as we look at time, let us first reverence God and gain that heart of wisdom so that we can number our days in the right way. Make plans, of course, yes. Plan for the future, yes. But never losing sight of the fact, the reality of our own mortality. We're but a mist. Here today and gone tomorrow. There's an imperative there. Are we living in the fullness of the joy of the Lord or are we just limping by in life? Are we wasting our time on useless pursuits? Not to say that we can't enjoy things in life, of course not. But if we look back on the previous week or the previous month or even the year and we say, you know, I wasted a lot of time on things that just have no eternal value. There are certain things in life we've got to do. So let's tie all of this together. Time, it does indeed exist, at least for now. We look around and we see our culture literally losing its mind. When we see evil around us, this should provoke us to be sober-minded and intentional about how we use our time. Our life, even when things are going well, even when we feel we're on top of our game, our life is passing. It's not eternal. We're not guaranteed of tomorrow. Saints, let's be intentional about how we use our time and consider our time management to be our worship for the Lord.